get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games not entertained what happened in Edmonton tonight I'll tell you what happened in Edmonton tonight outstanding trademark pure entertainment Canadian football and while all thoughts across blue bomber land are with Zach Kolaris what we saw in Edmonton in Winnipeg's 38-29 come-from-behind thriller of a victory to move to 7-2 on the season is the sudden emergence of a young quarterback that took a very good football team from way down all the way to victory. And we've got so much to get into on the post-game show tonight. What's going on, everybody? My name is Darren Bombing. Welcome inside game day after dark. Let's bring in the man, as we always do. Zach Schnitzer joins us on the post-game. What's going on, Schnitzy? How are you, my friend? <laughs> Good to see you. Good to see everybody out in the live chat as well. Did you have fun watching that game tonight? Not at first, buddy, but eventually I did. Oh, my God. I have a I have coined this game. I, I came back, I came up with the crumb back, my friend. I have coined this game the brownout. This was a brownout. Mm. Unbelievable. Okay. You know That's when, pretty when on the, the nose. Elect- Yeah, That's it's pretty, pretty good. Nose. You know when the power goes out, it's a brownout. That like, the power went out. Yeah. Like not a blackout completely, but just like no. rolling blackouts is a brownout, right? Yeah, and uh, something short-circuited there, uh, and boom, electrified. He just, uh, I was going to call the game the Drumination game, but I like Brownout. What happened? What happened there? Like, they're down 22 nothing. I was tearing my hair out. At one point, DB, they they not only give up, uh, they give a 22 nothing lead, but Zach Kalaros looks like he's hurt and insult to injury. Insult to injury, even after it goes to command center, they don't call that roughing the passer, which you you, uh, you pulled up the criteria for roughing the passer. You know, I think there's, there's uh, what, A, B, C, D, and E uh, dimensions to that. One is, you know, hit to the head. One is late. One is the quarterback's giving himself up. You hit him late. Like, it, 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 it hit on five of seven of the criteria and still they didn't call it. So here you're down 22, nothing to the lowly Elks and Polaris is out of the game and he might have a concussion. I was dying inside buddy. And then to see drew Brown and the Brownout game, bring him all the way back and outscore the Elks 38 to seven in the next three quarters. Wow. That is what championship football teams do, buddy. An absolutely horrid start. Insult to injury. On the nose pun there, but pardon it. 
after a horde start, Zach Kolaris down to injury. We're going to talk at length about the rules, about uh, the hit. Coney Ely laid late, in my opinion, on Zach Kolaris. We'll talk about Drew Brown. We'll get into what led to his success, all of his numbers. We'll probably pull up some video highlights for everybody uh, here on the post game. We'll talk about uh, Demario Houston getting beat on that long touchdown uh, in the late in the third quarter. We'll talk about Edmonton's ridiculous propensity to commit penalties. We'll talk about Chris Jones' failed challenge for offensive pass interference on Nick Dembski. We'll talk about that disgusting, filthy, <laughs> abhorrent catch by Kenny Lawler one-handed in the back of the end zone to give the Blue Bombers the lead that they rode all the way to a 38-29 victory. And we will get more comments on the Bonfire Hotline and everybody joining us in the live chat. This post game is going to be awesome. I can't wait to get into it. So let's not, let's not wait. And you know what? We'll get into the Zach Kolaris, uh, situation a little bit later in the show. Okay. Because I think there is a lot more pressing of what we know for sure. All we know on Zach Kolaris is he is out with an upper body injury. No update after the game. I heard Mike O'Shea talk on, uh, the radio post game about Kolaris. Um, you know, obviously Mike O'Shea had thoughts about the hit because he did challenge it and the play was upheld. But as of right now, we do not know what it, in, the injury is. It could be a neck injury. It could be uh, a chest injury. It could be a shoulder injury. It could be a head injury. It could be a variety of things. I am not going to speculate on whether it is a concussion or not. Everybody is entitled to their opinion, but we do not know anything for sure. And I would not be a responsible journalist if I started talking about that. So Zach. I know we got a lot to get to with Zach Kolaris, but we'll get to that uh, a little bit later. Let's talk about Drew Brown and just how incredible he looked in relief of Zach Kolaris. And the numbers do not lie. 17 of 24 for 307 yards. He was 70% passing four touchdowns and a QB efficiency rating of 152.8. What did you see in the Blue Bombers young third year quarterback? Oh my God. Well, it was a brownout game. He he comes in. He's the backup. Zach Kolaris, your, your probable third, third time in a row, three straight MOP quarterback goes out. And what does he do? He just sliced and diced the Elks. Now the Elks aren't, you know, they're they're not winning any awards on defense, Darren, but they were no. up twenty two nothing. You have some gamers there, like Lucius Purifoy, Ed Ganey. Uh you got a few players there, Jake Serezna. But uh oh anyway, what happened there? I'll get that straightened out. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. Uh and but you know. Drew Brown sliced and diced this Edmonton team to the tune of four touchdowns for over 300 yards, 307 yards, mm -hmm. 
just what I loved about it, Darren, is, uh, well, first of all, I love how uh, Noah wants to uh, issue a public apology. That's, that's awesome. But you've been talking about Drew Brown for a while. And I'm going to give you some props, buddy. Ever, ever since the beginning of last year, you have been saying how good Drew Brown is and how he is, he is a starting caliber quarterback in this league. And you tell me a team in the CFL right now who wouldn't rather, maybe except Chad Kelly in the Argos, maybe Fajardo in Montreal, maybe Vernon Adams, maybe. Tell me a team who wouldn't rather have Drew Brown as their quarterback. I mean, you you come off the bench and you throw four tutties? What? Yeah. Including a, a, a beauty. Like, it's not like, it's not like this was a Rocky Butler game where he came out of nowhere and, you know, you're never going to hear from him again. Buck Pierce had the playbook wide open, right? And he didn't. And, right. and if I can draw attention to something as we're looking on the screen here, okay, what do we see? We do not see a 100 yard receiver. We yeah. do not see an 80 yard touchdown. We see. A whole bunch of receivers who caught passes. We see ball distribution. We see efficiency. We see a whole bunch of second down conversions. Bailey with three of them. You can tell uh, Drew Brown and Rasheed Bailey have a little bit of mojo going on between the two of them. Nick Dembski with a touchdown, but two second down conversions. Dalton Schoen with a touchdown, two second down conversions, let alone those PI calls that he drew uh, on that ridiculously penalty laden. It was a 60 yard touchdown drive and uh, punched it in. That was 50 of those 60 yards came on penalties. Lawler with a second down conversion and the touchdown. O'Leary Orange with a second down conversion. Drew Wolitarski with a second down conversion. Drew Brown spread the ball around. He did not have any fear, any problem spreading the wealth and that shows you're a good quarterback you're not just relying on one two or three guys there was no comfort zone for drew brown Darren, he was in the Darren, zone they can't hear you buddy well they can't hear me. oh there you are they couldn't hear you for a bit oh. can you guys hear me now they couldn't hear you well that's no good oh we can hear you now <laughs> <laughs> that's no good um what I was saying is what we saw on the screen there with the receiving numbers is a whole bunch of guys with, with, um, yeah, with numbers, right? Yeah. What I was saying, and I hate that nobody was able to hear me. Uh, audio is back. Okay, good. Good to see everybody. Th- appreciate the, uh, appreciate the assist everybody out there, uh, helping Zach and I out. Um, what I was saying is, is those numbers we saw a whole bunch of players that Drew Brown was able to utilize. A whole bunch. There was no comfort zone. There was no comfort zone for Drew Brown tonight. He was purely in the zone. Rashid Bailey, three second down conversions. Dembski had two second down conversions. Schoen had two second down conversions, let alone the pass interference penalties that he drew on that uh, penalty laden, uh, blue bombers touchdown drive that, uh, Dakota Prukop 
completed with a one-yard run. Lawler, O'Leary Orange, Walatarski all completing on second down. We don't see any huge chunk plays. The longest play off the arm of Drew Brown, 32 yards. 32-yard touchdown to Lawler. Actually, it was a little bit farther because it was the back of the end zone. 32-yard uh, strike to Nick Dembski as well. Um, so his, you look at Drew Brown's 307 yards passing. That is not a mystique 307 yards. That is an earned 307 yards passing. He was incredible yeah. tonight. He really was. Yeah, and he, I like I like how uh, Bomber fan is saying this, just as I was going to say it. Rashid Bailey was a leading receiver with, what, 85 yards, DB. It looks like him and Drew Brown have a bit of a connection. They they did in that BC game that Drew Brown started last year late mm -hmm. um, at BC Place, where I think Bailey had at least one touchdown but led the team in yards that game. Uh, so a neat, a neat connection between the two of them, but... Yeah, I mean, when you spread the ball around like that, it means that the playbook was wide open. Yep. They didn't simplify things for Drew Brown tonight. No. Yeah. No. I mean, just what a roller coaster of emotions. Like, you saw the Bombers come all the way back to get within five points, uh, and then the Kyron Moore 70-yard touchdown, and you're like, what is going on here? What is going on? Houston misses that tackle. Oh, he was just one-on-one, -on -one and you can't miss that tackle. I mean, Houston has made a number of huge plays this year, DB. I mean, we'll talk about this as we go, but uh, yeah. that was a tough one for him to take. Um, at the same time, that there's a reason why they call Kyron Moore swerve. They get played too, right? They get paid to play. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. You know, Zach, speaking of quarterbacks, to, to keep on that topic, like, Zach Kolaris looks like the second coming of Taylor Cornelius with that pick six that he threw. Like, Corn that's this kind of garbage Cornelius was showing. I mean, does, do you think Kolaris had it tonight? Do you think he had it tonight? Do you think he would have won that game for the Bombers the way Drew Brown did? I don't know. There was just I, something I about... I wouldn't put... Look, I, just my opinion, I, I wouldn't put anything past Zach Kolaris. If he had a horrid start to the game, I know that he is capable. He's shown it to flush it, to move on, and to play the next snap. Uh, Mike O'Shea talked about it in his post-game comments on CGOB, and he said um, that he was very impressed with the calmness and the workmanlike energy on the Blue Bombers' sidelines when they were trailing heavy early. Um, so, you know, we'll never know, right? But I don't think... I, I, I'm not of the opinion that Zach Kolaris wouldn't have won that game. Drew Brown was very good. We've seen Zach Kolaris play that way as well. Yeah, and and maybe some of it is you know they don't prepare for Drew Brown, right? Edmonton didn't. They prepared for Kolaris. They didn't prepare for Brown, and they're going to play a little bit differently, even if the playbook is opened up. Yep. Uh, you know what? Let's let's take a look at that. Actually, let's take a look at that play that we were just talking about. Because hey, we can do that here on uh, game day after dark. Here is the play from uh, Zach Kolaris that resulted in a, resulted in a uh, pick six. And then of course the late hit as well from Coney Ely. So desperation, um, 
Yeah, I mean, you can just take the sack, but he chose not to. And interception and six is what resulted. And I mean, hey, that's uh, th that's going to happen sometimes. Are you still with me, Zach? I'm muted. Oh, oh. sorry about that, brother. You muted me, Darren. <laughs> yes. Um, your your thoughts on this play? Well, I think it's I think it's I mean it's a it, it, had the game been closer, it would have been a play that maybe we would have even talked about more. But really, it could have been the difference in the game because it's a it's a seven point swing. But mm -hmm. that that's. That's roughing the passer. I mean, it's the very definition of it. I'm not saying it was malicious or that it was a dirty hit or that he had attempted to hurt Zach. But he could have let up and he landed on his face. He could have he could have just all it took was, you know, fine, maybe he's falling to the ground. He could easily have jumped over Zach. It was a completely avoidable play. It's the very definition of roughing the passer. It's a hit to the head, it's a hit to the defenseless quarterback. It's avoidable. Um, the well, there's only, Ely the only... right there, not yeah. quite yet in pursuit, I would say, true pursuit of the tackle. And Kolaris is doing a one-handed push-up right here, right? Trying to keep his knees off the ground and uh, still, um, you know, live and to throw the ball away. And I understand that is real bang-bang. But Kolaris is in a vulnerable position and Coney Ely, I think maybe did try to let up. He could have really schmucked him. Didn't. But the ball is out of Claris's hands and Ely is still, you know, not on his knees yet. Right. No, now, and, it, and it's not I like think Zach at this was point, Ely realizes it, and that's why he plants his knee down hard and and lets up on Kolaris. But the reality is he hit him in the head. He hit yeah. him in the head. You can't do that. You can't do that. And it's not like Zach was a running was a running play where he was rushing and sliding or something. He, he was it was a passer. He was throwing the ball. Mm -hmm. And T Konapali agrees with us with his all caps. I <laughs> love it. Love it, Pyro. Anyway, Pyro. everyone agrees it was a hit to the head, except for Jim Barker. But whatever. Who cares what Jim Barker has to say? Well, it's just one person's opinion, right? Uh, yeah. we, we are all entitled to our opinions, um, but they're just your opinion, right? They're just our opinions. Uh, you know, Michael Shea had an opinion, uh, challenged the play and, um, you know, lost to the challenge. Uh I guess while we're at it, I mean, hey, you know, I, I want to get into Walby's Warrior, Westwood's Wide to the Right, the Bonfire Burning Point, the Happy Honker, our Game Balls. I, I think we know who's getting a lot of those tonight. But since we're on the topic, it is the hot topic right now. Uh, let's. It seems like every time I pull this up, it mutes us. Do I have you muted, Zach? I don't think so, right? No, no, I'm okay. good. So uh, John Hodge, a three down nation tweeted this and I retweeted it and mentioned that it was a late blow to the passer after the ball is released. 
It was contacting the passer in a necessary manner, including stuffing them to the ground, violently throwing them to the ground and landing on them with most of the defender's weight. Maybe Ely didn't do that. Okay. But he did deliver a late blow to the passer after the ball's released. C, delivering a blow to the neck or head. He did do. Delivering a blow at or below the knees. Didn't do that. Um, attacking the passer who, after releasing the ball, is either standing still or fading backwards and is obviously out of the play and remains out of the play. Definitely what happened. And here, I'll get rid of the uh, the bonfire logo here. One second. And we can look at the rest. Uh, F is contacting the quarterback unnecessarily after the quarterback slides uh, to give themselves up. That's not necessarily what happened. That is when, you know, they're, they're running forward. He was effectively sacked, uh, a non-contact sack, um, but was down. Uh, G, contacting the passer when either the initial or primary source of contact is the defender's helmet. That, that is not what happened. But there is a few of these here that did. And I think that's where, uh, in my opinion, the opinion of others, I think that's where, um, you know, uh, the command center got it wrong. How does the, but I get the refs on the field, get it wrong, Darren, but how does the command center, after looking at a slow motion video from many angles, how do they get that wrong? Like, how does that even happen? I, I don't even understand how that can happen. I get the refs can get it wrong, but the command center, it's a joke. It happens. It, it happens. happens. They've got, you've got, you've got what six subsections that uh, all you have to meet is one of those criteria or criterion in it. And it's uh, roughing the passer. It's unnecessary roughness. There was at least three that are pretty clearly uh, meeting the criteria. And the command center, I mean, I, I yeah, it, it baffles me, buddy. I don't get it. It's a tough one. Uh, I want to pull up uh, the Dalton Schoen touchdown, Winnipeg's first score of the game. Uh, and again, forgive me if I uh, mute microphones, because it seems like every time I scream share, it does. But um, away we go. Yeah, it did. Mute us. But here's Drew Brown. Like he really stands in the pocket with confidence. That's that's what I was gonna say, DB. Like just the way he stays in. That's a veteran throw. Like just the way he stays in the pocket with uh, with the bullets flying and the elks rushing. They weren't rushing three or four. They're rushing what one, two, three, four, five guys. So it's a bit of a blitz there. Yeah. Uh, one guy is a delayed blitz, and he he throws it in the money. Yep. Like watch his feet. Sets up, drops, yeah. you know, does one little hitch backwards. This is the hitch right there. That's what they call a hitch step. And then he delivers right. it. Great football. Yeah. Really, really impressively done. Um, and yeah, that, and that, mean, was a, that, that was a drive they absolutely needed to score on because they were down 22 nothing. It gave them a bit of life um, in the second quarter. Yeah, agreed. Uh, really, really impressively done. Uh, let's get into it. Walby's warrior, everybody in the live chat. Uh, it's lit tonight. Yeah. That's what a good one. an unbelievable turnout for the post game show here. 
on Bonfire Sports. Great to see everybody watching live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Maybe you're listening afterwards on the podcast. Uh, Head over to YouTube. This is what I challenge everyone to do. Don't give a thumbs up. Don't do it. Okay? Uh, (laughs) Walby's Warrior. Everybody in the live chat, let us know. Who is your Walby's Warrior tonight? Zach, who do you like? For me, you know, I was at first I was going to give all the major awards to Drew Brown, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I think the warrior for me is Oliveira. I I think he's my warrior every post game, but man, what an absolute hammer he is! And everybody else is a nail on the Elks. Like, if you would have told me that that Brady Oliveira would have outgained Kevin Brown after Kevin Brown's sixty-five yard opening play TD, I would have been like, really? That mm-hmm. that's shocking. But Brady Oliveira, they went to him early and often. I mean, they a lot of a lot of our fire starters have have talked about this, but the and maybe you saw something there too, Darren. But the play fakes or the RPOs that uh, Drew Brown was throwing down were, were, I mean, even the TSN camera person couldn't keep track of where right. it was going at some points, right? Yeah. And that really opened up the run because teams didn't know if he were the Edmonton Elks didn't know if he was going to pull it, if he was going to let Brady run with it. Uh, they mixed in some Dembski running from the tailback position. All of those things helped uh, Brady Oliveira have 130 combined yards, 20, 20 through the air on that beautiful screen pass. I mean, what a play call by Buck Pierce on that final touchdown. He drew the entire blitz in uh, like a moth to a flame and then just flicked it over the line to, to wide open Oliveira. That's one of the best play calls I've seen in a long time. But Brady Oliveira, I think he had a 7.8 yard average, 110 yards on 14 carries, buddy. And he was just eating. And that's a way to get back Man. in the game is when you have your running back Physical. just hammering guys. Either either getting you know first downs outright or getting seven or eight yards on first down, like eating up the clock. That just just, just saps the will of the Edmonton Elks over over the uh, course of the game, buddy. Just physical, just yeah. punishing running style from Brady Oliveira. He is the hammer every time he hits the nail. It yeah. is incredible. Um, that's your Walby warrior tonight. I'll give it to the offensive line because, uh, you know, they, they played one of their best games of the year and no Edmonton does not have a ferocious pass rush. They don't have a particularly good defense, but we have to remember that the center quarterback exchange different with Drew Brown in, we have to remember that Drew Brown's style of play different from Zach Kolaris. Being in the huddle, the energy, the cadence, everything different. And the O-line did not take any penalties. I don't think. Uh, Definitely none that cost them. And they allowed a young quarterback in Drew Brown to operate. And they allowed him time and space to make it happen. And it was incredible. I want to pull up uh, one more highlight here. Is this the one? Yeah, uh, this is when uh, Winnipeg found the end zone again, and it was 16 unanswered points, 16, 16 unanswered. And no, not play action. But look at this ball. 
Yeah, perfectly thrown. You know, I would say nearly perfectly thrown. Maybe a touch underthrown, but hey, you know, I'm I'm nitpicking here big time. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe that is perfectly thrown. I think Zach Kolaris might have put it a little bit more yeah. over the shoulder, the Willie yeah. May style as they talk about. But unbelievable how poised and how confident and how smooth Drew Brown is. Great time yep. from the offensive line. And then Dembski just making a great catch. He had a very nice catch uh, on that drive uh, prior to that touchdown uh, as well. So my Walby Warrior goes to uh, all seven of the O-linemen tonight. Uh, the starting five and then as well uh, to Eli and Liam Dobson. Uh Westwood wide to the right. This is the moment where you and I kind of pick a moment or a situation or a thing from the game that was bad. I, you know what? I'm going to have to give it to uh, Brian Cole for a 15 yard misconduct penalty when the bombers uh, were still trailing and they, they had it on their own 35 yard line. Uh, they were going to start to drive a decent field position on their own 35, and they went backed up to their own 20. And it didn't bite the Bombers in the end, but I know that we've talked about on this show how the coaching staff were unhappy with Brian Cole before a couple times and maybe yelling at him the last game. Well, this is not going to do him any favors. And he's a very athletic guy with a huge upside, but if you make plays like that, I don't know what he did. Maybe you do, or maybe the fire starters do. Uh, but if you do stupid stuff like that, you're not going to see the field, nor should you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Um, that's a good Westwood wide to the right. I will go with, um, you know, I'll, I'll go with the missed call. Uh, I really do believe yeah. that if the CFL has an MO, a mission objective to protect quarterbacks, they need to get that call right. And I understand Coney Ely was likely letting up. I see that. I see that he was likely letting up. Okay. But he hit a quarterback who is down, out, on his belly. He hit him in the head. And it was late. So, you know, if Coney Ely was trying to let up and he still delivers a blow to the quarterback's head, uh, even if Kolaris didn't leave the game, you can't do that. So, uh, my Westwood wide to the right is, uh, to the CFL, not getting the call. Right. Cause I, I feel that's a good one. That. That's a good um, one. DB. Uh, we're getting lots of uh, good wide to the rights on the chat here, buddy. Yeah. Including, including the play I talked about where swerve goes for 70 yards, calling uh, the Richie Hall call, uh, dialing up a zero blitz. Um, yeah. Like why, why make it that easy for, for a young quarterback where you just have to make one guy miss, just throw it up. Basically through a hitch. Well, let's look to, at it. Uh, let's look Moore. at it. Yeah, Here let's it see. Here it is. And what we see here, Zach, is like, look, they're off to the races, right? We'll watch that in a second. But I want to break this down at the beginning. Look at this mass of humanity here. Rose yeah. is in tight. Well, because cop is in tight as well right but there's evan holm there is brandon alexander's in that mass as well and here is demario houston and here is dylan mitchell right it was mitchell 
Yeah. Um, this is an emergency valve. When the blitz is coming like that, this is an emergency valve. That's a very, that, that's the hot route, right? That's the, okay, the heat's coming. We got to get something out quick. And there it is. And did Houston take the best line? No. This could have been a tackle for loss. But if you see, watch Demario Houston's body, he kind of gets faked out a little bit with the ball. You can see he anticipates it going to the sideline a little bit. And maybe I'm over dissecting this. But he gets beat and away they go. And I think that's just a really smart, audibleized play by a young quarterback. Uh, you know, that th those plays happen. Uh, I, I guess was they, really bringing heat and they, and they got torched. I guess they happen, but, you know, I, I just don't think Winnipeg had to bring that heat. I think uh, when Winnipeg was rushing four and dropping guys back into coverage, it was pretty clear that Ford didn't have it. Like he—he's not a guy who's going to pick you apart from the pocket. Yeah. Excuse my alliteration there. I didn't even plan on that, but it was pretty good. But anyway, it's pretty good. He's not going to pick you apart. So why 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 just throw everybody at him when you don't have to? Yeah. You know he he threw a pick. He missed guys. Um, I don't get me wrong. I thought Trey Ford was a breath of fresh air for the league, especially for Edmonton. I wish him all the best when he's not playing us. I can't believe it took them so long to let him play. I mean, he, he's he's exciting. Yep. He's an exciting young quarterback. He has 4-4 four, four speed. He's the fastest quarterback in the league. Um, you saw him dice us up with his legs a little bit. But anyway, um, I just didn't like the play call. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Maybe they, if they would have got home on that blitz and – Maybe yeah, like he it, made a It makes you wonder a little bit if the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are are a little bit dicey against running quarterbacks. Yeah. Um forgive oh, me. A little it bit mutes again. our microphones every time I do a screen share, but uh we'll try to get that straightened out. Um here's Trey Ford's numbers. He was 75% passing, only threw it 16 times. I think the over under the prop on Trey Ford today going into the game was 19 i think it was 19 uh, or 18 and a half over under passing maybe 19 and a half uh boy i was i was really thinking about taking it uh but there it is i also thought they were going to be on the field a lot and that he would eventually hit that number but he didn't so 16 attempts 75 percent, 189 yards had a touchdown and a pick um but here are the blue bombers a little bit susceptible Two running quarterbacks, five carries for 50 yards. No. And he only had a long of 17. That, that That's not an offset number from one big run. Yeah. Everybody no, in the live chat, I, let us know. Are, are, you know, do the does the Blue Bombers defense against the running quarterback concern you? Because we know they're going to have to face Chad Kelly at some point again this season while they do have a regular season game, but could be a great cup, could be a playoff situation. Uh, if it is, it's probably a great cup. Um, but you never know, you never know in the CFL, uh, and good news that Chad Kelly is healthy and, and will play this week. Uh, the Argos are home to Ottawa on Sunday. Um, but Vernon Adams Jr. can run Chad Kelly can run, uh, 
you know, Mason Fine, maybe not uh, put in position to beat teams with his legs, but when we're looking at Labor Day and the Banjo Bowl upcoming here, that that could be something uh, that's an issue. The Calgary Stampeders have an incredibly physical and fast running quarterback in Tommy Stevens, who runs their short yardage. Um, that's Winnipeg's next opponent uh, on Friday, August 16th in Calgary uh, before they return home against Montreal. So I want to hear it. Hit up the live chat. Let us know. Uh, text the hotline 204-816-TIPS, 816-8477. Uh, standard message rates apply, just like when you're texting your mama, as we always say. Uh, does that concern you, Zach? Quarterbacks just yeah. using their legs to beat Winnipeg? I, I think in the CFL, when a when a running quarterback is is fast, they they can do that to any team, maybe. But there is a pattern here since the Grey Cup yeah. of running quarterbacks kind of exposing. Now, is it? Dare I say, is it because Biggie is spying these guys and has maybe lost a bit of a step? I hate to say it, love Adam Big Hill for the mm -hmm. person he is, uh, the the human being half, he is. That's for sure. He, he seemed to be struggling in the first half. Um, I don't know if he was spying Trey Ford and then the running back got by him or whether, you know, or what he was exactly doing. It seemed like he was out of position or whiffing on guys. Um, I don't, I don't want to say as he lost a step, but I did. Uh, it, fe it feels uh, like treasonous <laughs> to say something like that about Biggie, but uh, he's getting up there and maybe that's one of the reasons why these running quarterbacks are having a little bit of success. Let's talk about the spy. Okay. And what a quarterback spy is and, and what it means. Uh, Chris Cobbett comments, uh, watching live on Facebook. What's going on, Chris? Great to see you in the live chat. I don't know if I've seen you before. Uh, welcome inside, uh, bonfire sports. Um, why don't they have a spy on mobile QBs? Asks Chris. Um, look, I am not an expert in any way, shape, or form. I am very layman when it comes to football uh, and the intricacies of the X's and O's, okay? Uh, I played football, but I was not play. I did not play at an elite level, okay? I played till I was like 21, 22, just major football, they called it, um, here in the city of Winnipeg. Uh, but what is a quarterback spy, okay? That means you have a player, generally a linebacker or safety, that simply sits five yards behind the line of scrimmage and just shadows the quarterback. They spy, they stick on them, right? We saw Cam Judge do it against Dustin Crum following the Crum back when Ottawa played Calgary. Um, however, it's not something that teams can easily employ. And by that, I mean, yes, they, they, they easily can, but there are drawbacks to it because you are taking a player out of coverage and out of the pass rush. So you got one less pass rusher or one less player in your zone pass defense. So it means if a running back is coming out of the backfield, you have to allot a different player to them. Whether it is another linebacker, whether it is the safety, whether it's the halfback and you shift the zone uh, in your pass defense. If you're in man defense, right? And not a zone defense. If you're in man-to-man -man coverage, that means you're definitely going to have one less uh, player in the pass rush. So it's not as easy as just saying, well, just put a spy on him 
and the rest is history. Um, every defense is built differently. So every defense is going to have a different um, effect, cause and effect of putting a spy on a quarterback. So um, overall, I think Winnipeg did a pretty good job containing Trey Ford. It's that when you are fast like that, when you run a 4-4-9 40-yard dash like Trey Ford did at the CFL Combine, um, and his brother, by the way, who was drafted by the Bombers, now with the Green Bay Packers, he ran a 4-4, which is ridiculously fast. That's why he's in the NFL. Uh, twin brother, defensive back. But the danger when you have somebody with that speed as a quarterback is when you're not expecting them to run and they find a seam and they take off. That's where the danger is. So you could spy them for 95% of the plays and then the other five while well, they're going to find a, a seam and, uh, and, and, you know, gash you through the middle. So. Yeah. But good yeah. question from Chris. Um, yeah, very good question. Can, can we go back to, to Drew Brown? I want to pull this, uh, I want to pull this highlight up. Uh, great questions in the live chat today. Great to see everybody. And like I said, if you're in the live chat right now, do not hit the thumbs up. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Everybody. I'm telling you right now, uh, here is, uh, early in the fourth quarter and watch drew Brown with the play action. Yeah. Sells it beautifully. eh? And a beautiful throw on the run. Yeah. And drew Brown mentioned to TSN (laughs) after the game that he didn't even see the catch. And by the way, that uh, fan cheering uh, shown in the crowd, that's Just, Christina Big Hill, the wife Christina of Christina uh, Big Adam Hill. Hill. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but uh, watching Drew Brown on a designed rollout, how smooth is this? Calm, yeah. collected, perfect ball where only Kenny Lawler can get it. Marcus Lewis could not get that football, could not get it, no matter would what. You, DB, uh, would you say that's the best? Was is that the best bomber receiver catch since maybe Darvin Adams had a one-handed grab in Hamilton in 2017? Some people will remember yeah, that catch. It's it's up there. I don't know if it's one of the greatest of all time, but it's up there. It's a great catch. Do you see best, what I see? No, here? I mean in recent memory. Oh, recent memory for sure. Do you see what I see here, Zach? Is he tugging on his arm? Oh, yeah. (laughs) This happens all the time in pro football. It's the egregious ones that get called. It's the less egregious ones that they let go. They call it hand fighting. Look at Kenny Lawler. He's holding his bicep right there. And Marcus Lewis is also holding Kenny Lawler's bicep, right? That's hand fighting. But when the ball gets delivered and it gets a little bit too much, they'll call it. Well, unbelievable. I think that's and there a clean was no, play there was, overall. I don't think my bias was, is showing if I say that's a clean play. Well, there was no PI on the call, hey? Maybe there should have been. No, it wasn't. Um, what a catch. What a crazy oh, catch. Um, filthy. Happy Honker Award, Zach. Are you ready for it? Everybody out there, they either love or hate the sound effect for the Happy Honker. But uh, the moment that brought some levity, some joy, some happiness to the game and the Happy Honker Award. You got one? 
Well, you go first because I'm still thinking about mine. Mm, Do you have um, one? Okay. I am going to, well, look, I'm going to give the Happy Honker Award to somebody who's probably pulling in a lot of the awards tonight, and that's Drew Brown. Yeah. I'm happy to see a young quarterback in the Canadian Football League come in and shine, throw for 300 yards, four touchdowns. You hate to see the injury. Okay. But that notwithstanding, to see a young quarterback come in and play the way Drew Brown did, uh, should have everybody in the league excited, should have, uh, everybody in Winnipeg excited, excuse me. Um, outstanding performance. That's my happy honker. It's a good one. You know what? I was going to go in one direction, but then I'm seeing the chat here. And I'm getting swayed here. So Vicky Short has convinced me. Jeff Kabilis. I think I think it has to be the pick by Evan Holm. Here's a guy who was highly touted coming out of training camp, Darren. Uh, Mike O'Shea said he had the best feet he'd ever seen in a DB. And finally, he gets that uh, glamour stat, which is the pick, which really helped turn momentum in the game, was Evan Holm with, a, with an interception beauty he deserves it yeah uh i'm trying to find uh, a couple more of the the comments uh yeah gerald gerald mentioned evan holmes pick you know i i think that uh that is a good one can i tell you i'm kicking myself right now i am kicking myself i had such a busy week that i did not post my one-on-one interview with evan holm Oh, really? And, you know, me and Scott Billick and um, uh, I don't know if the free press was there on day one of practice this week, Um, but on the holiday Sunday, the holiday Monday this week, um, it was the long weekend this week. I'm completely out to lunch. (laughs) Uh, It's summertime, right? Like there's no holidays for me. I was if at the Rifles lunch, game, I'm, I was at I'm, the Sea Bears game, I was at the Bombers game, and then practice. Either way, day one of practice. Uh, it was, hey, let, let's talk to Demario Houston. Six interceptions, leads the league. And at the last minute, I go up to the uh, the Blue Bombers um, intern, communications intern, and I say, you know, can I get Evan Holm, actually? I want to talk to Evan Holm, because he's been very good. And I'm kicking myself, because I did not post it, because the week got away from me. Um, maybe I'll throw that up on YouTube soon. I'll throw that up. Yeah, you I gotta throw still, it up. Buddy. It's still relevant, right? It. I'd love to hear from Evan Holm. Yeah, love it that not, he got. Uh, I hope it's not too on the nose with like the um, or or too timely with the uh, like it was prior to the Elks game, right? Prior to this game. So, uh, yeah, okay. So that is your happy honker. Yep. I can't get over the sound effect. I like you love it. It's there. You love it. I have to do it. I have to. Absolutely. It's so cheesy. You have to do it. It's so good. Uh, you know, look, if, if you don't like the happy honker horn, don't hit the thumbs up. Don't do it. Don't comment either. We don't want to hear. This from is you. not, this is not reverse psychology, Darren. You are not using reverse psychology. psychology. I don't No. No, absolutely not. Um, the bonfire burning point is the moment in the game that changed everything. What's a burning point? Well, it's like a boiling point, right? Whether something ignites here on Bonfire Sports or something boils, it means it goes from 
stagnant water to rapid evaporation. What was the bonfire burning point? The moment in the game tonight where things changed and led to a 38-29 result, Winnipeg's uh, seventh victory of the season. Well, I think I think for me the burning point uh, was pretty clear that um, we had climbed back to within five, Darren, and then Trey Ford throws a fifty-three yard uh, bomb to Dylan Mitchell, which really flipped the field. And I said to my cousin, I said, "Oh man, that's ball game, right?" Like we climbed all the way back to within five, and then he throws a fifty-three yard bomb. And the very next play, it's uh, they they caused that fumble. That was the first turnover the Bombers caused on the Elks. Um, Holm had an interception later, but they caused the fumble. Jeff Coat, I don't know if Jeff Coat caused it, Darren, or he jumped on it. Both covered it. I don't know who who caused it on Kevin Brown. Unless they um, changed it. Unless they changed it, he forced the fumble and recovered the fumble. At least that's what nice. the said at the time. Nice. So Jeff Coat causes the fumble. Uh, then he gets the recovery, and then uh, we we turn that around. Uh, and I think that was the Dembski touchdown. Mm. Um, Might have been the Dembski touchdown drive. Now after that, uh, they do that. That they get that seventy yard touchdown to um, a Swerve Kyron Moore. But then we we answered that with a touchdown. That was the penalty aided drive. So that could also be the burning point where we get back to within five but um yeah you are correct that, in all of that by the way the jeff coat first fumble and fumble recovery then led to the dembski 18 yard touchdown uh yeah and then the kieran moore uh 70 yard catch and run yeah yeah and then and then after that was could be that could be the burning point the 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 bomber drive after that which result i think that was the prukop touchdown uh, that was aided by the the pass interference i mean edmonton got penalized for a hundred yards tonight, which is a lot. I mean, that's one way to lose when you're up 22, nothing is to get penalized for an almost an entire football field. That could have also been the wide to the right. I mean, yeah, I, I, that is a problem. That is a huge, that, that, that's, you know, that's how you get to be 0 and 9. You don't get to be 0 and 9 for, uh, for not taking penalties, they, they they shot themselves in the foot. The Elks. I I I'm gonna have to try and find the Elks uh, post game radio show because I can't I can't imagine what fans are saying and and what analysts have have to say. But you know it's not easy to to give up a 22 uh, point lead. Yeah. Even in the CFL, you have to take dumb penalties and play stupid football. Adrienne Marcel uh, watching live on Facebook. What's going on, Adrienne? Uh, Hello. The burning point was when uh, Zach Kolaris got injured. Uh, others, uh, you know, Noah. Great comment from Noah who's watching on uh, YouTube. What's going on, Noah? <laughs> Jarius going away from the run. Uh, I like yeah. that. Oh, well, yeah. well, well. My old pal, Norm McKay. How you doing, Normie? Just finished watching Viking Seahawks. Yeah, okay, you can watch a little NFL preseason. I know your uh, your Cowboys weren't in action, but uh um preseason? Please tell what? me you watched the tell me you watched I'm the sure bomber game, Norm McKay. Normie, Come on. I'm sure Normie did. Great to see okay. you, Norm. Uh big shout out to you and everybody in uh the Eli Manitoba area, west of Winnipeg, uh close to my heart, uh this city boy that I am, uh everybody out there. But great to see you. Thanks for joining. Um 
uh, joining the the chat. Vicky Short says Deadmonton loves to shoot <laughs> themselves in the foot with penalties. Yeah, I mean you could you could say some of those penalties that penalty aided drive uh, was ridiculous how many penalties they took uh 50 total yards of a 60 yard drive when was that one that was that was the one after i think the home interception wasn't it uh yes the yes wait i wrote it down somewhere here it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it was one of those touchdown drives um my bonfire burning point is the zach Kolaris injury because the score at that point was uh, 22 to nothing. And a lesser team could have, sh- could have shriveled and become brittle and break. And the Blue Bombers didn't. You know, Mike O'Shea, I mentioned this earlier in the show, Mike O'Shea mentioned it uh, after the game that it was very calm, very workmanlike energy on the Blue Bomber sidelines following that injury. And then Drew Brown comes in and lights it up. He was outstanding tonight. Uh, to me, that was, it's 22-0. QB1 goes down. QB2 comes in and uh, he goes two and out, but then puts together a seven-play, 85-yard drive uh, on his second possession leads a field goal drive, eight plays, 52 yards on his third possession, uh, and then goes into the half and then comes out of the half scores on his second drive, uh, scores on his third drive. There it is. That's the pro cop one. See, I didn't highlight it in my notes. Uh, the pro cop one yard touchdown, uh, that was the Ganey 24-yard PI. That was the uh, too-many-men penalty on Edmonton, 10 yards. That was the Marcus Lewis 16-yard PI. Both of those PIs on Dalton Schoen, drawn by Dalton Schoen. Um, yeah, so after the Kieran Moore touchdown, Winnipeg just, boom. Five plays, 60 yards, 50 of those 60 yards in penalties. Uh, and it's a five-point ball game. Winnipeg trailed yeah. by five at that point, but the bonfire burning point was QB one going down QB two coming in and doing as incredibly well as drew Brown did, uh, hit up the live chat. I want to know, uh, your bonfire burning point tonight. Um, Zach, you got a game ball. You got two or three, maybe. Well, can I just, I saw someone in the live chat ask this or, or make this uh statement. And I thought it was interesting, Darren, mm-hmm. before I get to my game ball, which is, when QB one goes out and QB two comes in and considering it was a late hit, um, do you think the bombers were playing angry? Do you think they were pissed off at what, what happened to, to Zach Kalaris via Coney Ely? Of course. Yeah, of course they are. I think, I think, you think Michael Shea too. was the only guy on the bombers bench being like, I think that's a penalty. I'm going to yeah. challenge it. No doubt. You're always going to ride or die with your QB one. That's my quarterback, right? Yeah. That's real yeah. emotion. That's real. That's real shit. That's real shit yeah. right there. You know? Yeah. So no, no doubt. Um, hilarious <laughs> comment from waiters. Drew Brown jersey is going to be selling like Ryan Dinwiddie jer- jerseys from 2007 this week. Uh, LOL. Yeah, no doubt. 
<laughs> get my um, game my game balls i mean uh i got it well of course everyone and everyone uh with half a brain is going to give a game ball or a couple game balls can you give more than one game ball to to, to one player db no can i give them two or three game balls you want you want to uh, give drew brown all the balls the brown out i want to give him all my balls <laughs> I want to give Drew oh, Brown for the brownout all my balls. Uh, this is why it's called yards. Game Day After Dark. Yeah, he's getting all my you balls. You better buckle up. Yeah, yeah, you better buckle up. You better ball out. That's what uh, that's what happens on uh, After Dark. We ball out here. Yeah, Drew Brown. What was he? Seventeen to twenty-four, seventy percent for three hundred and seven yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. What backup comes in and throws four freaking touchdowns and spreads the ball out like that to, and he to like six? He didn't get the what? start. No. He didn't take practice. He didn't take first team reps all week. Nope. But Buck Pierce did not shorten the playbook for him. He spread the ball far and wide, buddy. Um I love how he love how he has a chemistry with Bailey, who usually doesn't get the love in the receiving core. Um, yeah, I, I just, he's my, he's my game ball, uh, hook, line and sinker, buddy. There is Drew Brown's number 17 to 24, 71% passing 307 yeah. yards, four touchdowns, no picks. That's as big as anything. And yeah, there was a Any- tipped ball there, but like, can I just say this? Drew Brown he did not get affected in any way, shape or form by the stage. He was so confident. He just let it fly. Yeah. I'm, I'm beyond impressed with Drew Brown. And I I know you mentioned it earlier, Zach, that, you know, I've been talking about Drew Brown being a future starter in this league for a long time. I'm almost at the point where I like, I don't want to draw attention to that. Right. Because he was so good. He was so good tonight that everything we've said about him before, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This guy has something. He's got the juice. Uh, Game ball. Yeah. From you, Zach. Game ball from me to Drew Brown. Um, I know I gave the offensive line the uh, Walby Warrior. I would probably give Brady Oliveira a game ball tonight and say, you know, hey, go share it with those seven big boys. You know, go go get a steak in Edmonton tonight. Um, incredible. Uh, incredible performance from everybody around uh, Drew Brown tonight. The O-line, yeah. the run game, uh, Dembski, you know, uh, you know, four carries. Like how many times Dustin Nielsen was like, Oliveira up the middle. Oh, it's Dembski again. Oh, it's Dembski yeah. again. Yeah. You know, uh, they yeah. were throwing wrinkles. I liked it. Yeah. I, I, I almost... What what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say you could almost give a game ball to Buck Pierce. Well, I was just going to say that. Like well, you should have. <laughs> this this wasn't the QB1 all week. He wasn't taking first team reps. Yeah. And Buck Pierce is able to switch gears and cuz cuz he's not going to call all the same plays as he does for Kolaris. It's a different quarterback. Uh Buck Pierce likes to call plays that that they that his quarterback likes. Mm-hmm. You know, they he he fits a game plan 
around his players. He doesn't just create a playbook that the players have to fit into. He's been very clear about that. And so yep. he would have called plays that Drew Brown liked, and it worked to perfection. Yeah, really Buck did. Pierce was masterful, just like he was last week. I mean, just like Drew Brown is going to be starting somewhere next year, Buck Pierce is going to be a head coach. You uh, think maybe Drew Brown is going to be starting right somewhere else next year? Family stuff going on for him, but this guy is this guy's head coach material. Buck you Pierce. think Drew Brown is going to be starting somewhere else next year? I I think he'll be starting for another team next year. He he has to be. He's that good. Mm. And it, like, there's six, there's five or six teams in the CFL who need a starting quarterback. Oh God, there's a ton, right? Right. There's a right. ton like, of teams that need a starter that would take Drew Brown in a second. Um, totally. But it also makes you wonder, like, you know, does he want to stay in Winnipeg? Um, he's a California kid. And like many California, you know, West Coast football players, they want to play on the West Coast so they can be closer to family. Um, Drew Brown played at Oklahoma State, played at uh, Hawaii prior to that. But Oklahoma State is kind of, you know, his, you know, where the patch he wears, I guess you could say. Um, I wonder, I wonder, you know, I don't know if there's opportunities on the West Coast. As close West you're going to get. Is Edmonton or Calgary? Maybe Calgary. Maybe. Edmonton, you know, would love to have a Drew Brown. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe even Maybe. BC would love to have a Drew Brown. I mean, wow. he's... Yes, but they have invested in two quarterbacks. Neither of whom is very consistent. Dane Evans and Vernon Adams have had consistency issues. Vernon Adams has looked good this year. Am I saying he this, is a world leader? No. He threw six picks against Toronto. Six picks. Yeah, a couple were bad. I agree. <laughs> I agree. You I know. just wouldn't be surprised to see him starting next year. He's not going to wait around for Kolaris to to be caught up by age. Kolaris is what thirty four. Yeah, thirty three. Yeah, he thirty three, thirty four. He's got a lot of years left. He's got a three year deal. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I think. I think both of our game balls go to Drew Brown. Who else did you give one to? Buck Pierce and Brady Oliveira? Yeah, for Brady to share yeah. with the O-line. Well, like really Buck yeah. and Brady and, and the entire offense to to share with one another because, um, you know what? The, the defense deserves a lot of love too. They really do. Yeah, they, they had some busts yeah. tonight, but uh, after the Kolaris injury, they forced a whole ton of three uh, two and outs in a row. Yeah, um, they shut it down. Yeah. But you know who I got to give a game ball to? Like almost foremost here tonight, Zach? It's Gerard, the chef extraordinaire <laughs> at Shannon's Irish Pub. If you've never been to Shannon's, you got to go. Okay. You got to go to Shannon's because it is not your usual pub. It is eclectic. There is no atmosphere like it. It is literally under the streets of downtown Winnipeg, 175 Carlton, just a quick um, Nick Dembski run up the gut from True North Square. And at Shannon's, you're going to get your pub favorites. Awesome wings, nachos, burgers, the, the venison and wild boar burger. They have got a traditional cheeseburger as well. Uh, they got one with blue cheese on it. Awesome. Um, smoked cheddar, blueberry compote on the wild boar and venison burger. 
And that kind of leads you into what they have. Much more creative, delicious, curated culinary selections on their food menu. Plus, of course, 21 beers on tap, including many of your local microbrew favorites. They have got all your whiskeys and scotches, your Irish whiskeys, everything, cocktails, shooters, whatever you're into. Jets and Blue Bombers games, home and away. They have game day specials, food and drink. You don't want to go without, and you will never go without. Pardon me. You will never go without at Shannon's Irish Pub. 175 Carlton. Go check them out. Shannon'sIrishPub.ca. When's when's the next bomber game? When is the, the game next week? Is it Friday? Friday, August 18th. Uh yeah. Okay. Probably I'm coming out to the lake. So I, but I was otherwise I was gonna suggest an away game watch party at Shannon's. We gotta get but it. We'll we gotta see. get it. But you know what? You and I, we don't even have to be there. People can go to Shannon's and have their watch yeah. party there. Totally. Absolutely. Uh I don't know what my week looks like. You know, you and I'll talk about it on uh, on Bonfire Midweek, right? Because you and I'll get that going on uh, on Wednesday this week. Dude, Wednesday you'll 7, be back to Wednesday with the Friday game. Poor, poor DB, you'll be doing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday Bonfire shows. That's yes. uh, it'll be a heavy week. Yep, wouldn't have it any other way. Wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, did people hey, hit the live I- chat? Like, who? You know what? Give us a dark horse game ball suggestion in the live chat hit it up right now waiters maybe you know a meet the, up at shannon's next friday yeah maybe let's do it you're gonna you know, make me this, look at my calendar right now during a live show well i was gonna say you know what this this edmonton team reminds me of they remind me of the 2013 winnipeg blue bombers you remember our inaugural season where we go three and 15 and I remember clearly there was one game where the Bombers were up 20 to nothing. Actually, coincidentally enough, on Edmonton, 20 to nothing. This was the Tim Burke-led uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We were up 20 to nothing. Uh, and at one point, 27 to 7, Ian Wild, if you remember him, had a fumble recovery for a touchdown to make it 27 to 7. And the, the well, the Eskimos at the time took us to overtime and beat us in overtime because I think Max Hall got injured in the like the end of the fourth quarter and Justin Goltz went in or something like that. It, it, those bombers were just, uh, they found a way to lose games. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, I'm on the one hand, I'm glad we're, we're not like that anymore, that that's not us anymore. We're like basically the di- like the polar opposite of that we're dominating teams and even when we're down 22 nothing we're coming back and and beating teams yep but edmonton is that team now they're oh and nine in a nine team league they've been shut out twice it's it's just brutal like i can't imagine that there weren't very many fans out there tonight i think taylor allen tweeted out i don't know if it's called they're called tweets anymore but he tweeted out Oh, they're tweets. Uh, it's Twitter and it's tweets and it will be till the day I die as far as I'm concerned. I love it, DB. I love it. This stupid X thing and posting. I don't know what anyway, you're talking about. It's Twitter. Taylor Allen tweeted out on Twitter the lack of fans in the stands there and then and then you blow a 22 nothing lead like that. Like, that's just brutal. Yeah. I feel bad for fans because they have passionate fans just like we do. They're a community-owned team. 
I think Edmonton, Saskatchewan, and, and Winnipeg, you know, they really uh, fly the banner of the CFL. And to see that, I mean, I'm glad they didn't win. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm always happy with a bomb, for a bomber win. But it's sad. It's sad over there. I'm just pulling up uh, the final stats. How did that not work? Hang on a second here. Fans were dressed as golden green seats. Jeff Cabellas. <laughs> uh, attendance uh, tonight. Wow. They say, and whew, I got the sun in front of my face here, apparently. Uh-huh. They say 19,921. No way. No way. I mean, they got a lot of seats there, but unless people were really like spread out. <laughs> MTS Center for Life. <laughs> what about, you know what what about Investors have? Group Field instead of IG yeah. Field? We should have we should have live Collins on this show and in midweek. Man, that's pure danger. Pure Is danger. It? You know, Friesen's going to call in and start saying something ridiculous. Well, we can. We don't have to let Friesen through the. We have well, to we hire, hire a producer. We got to right. hire a producer. They're you know Friesen. They they, but Fre Friesen would try and hide his voice, or he'd call himself Bob Molly or something. We'd have to. <laughs> we'd have to get his top ten nicknames down. How about this, Jamie Fedden? I was sitting, so I hope I pronounced that right, Jamie. Sorry about that. But Jamie says, I was sitting in the end zone waving my bomber flag in oh, Edmonton. Oh, nice. Tonight. Nice. You go, Saw you uh, get a picture with DT as well on Twitter. That was cool. Sweet. Um, yeah, I'm with waiters. I just call it IGF. Well, you know what? Actually, I call it the Madhouse. It's yeah, the Madhouse on Madhouse. Yeah. I think we Can need to get those t-shirts made up. Madhouse there's going to be a Bonfire Sports t-shirt. Yeah. We need to yeah. get the Madhouse on Matheson. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Can Can you imagine not winning a home game in three years if you're a fan? No. I can't even, like, I've, I've been through the Joe Mack era. <laughs> I can't even imagine that. Jeff Cavillas, don't say his name two more times. You know what happens. I'll definitely not. Well, that's the thing. I'm in a camera. Is that the same as looking in a mirror when you're looking in a camera and you see yourself? I don't know, but get back to work, Cavillas. That guy, the guy admitted to me he does no work at work. He just he, he lets his employees go, and he just sits there and watches uh, Winnipeg sports talk. He watches us. Just love that guy. <laughs> I'm just bugging you, Jeff. Yeah. I, I think you're just super efficient. So press box announcer at IG Field at the Madhouse, Tom Halleck says, Friesen hosted a Sunday night sports call-in show on CGOB many years ago. No baloney. What? True, but not the Friesen we're talking about. Oh, okay. He's talking about Paul Friesen, columnist. Oh, okay. An outstanding columnist, might I say, for the Winnipeg Sun. But Paul Friesen got his start in radio. Did you know that? He I did. did not know that. He did. I didn't I did know he had a Sunday Night Sports call-in show, though. But yeah. Before I, he was I a writer. Dude, we, you and me can handle Collins. It's the fire starters. We want to hear from them. Well, that's what the live chat's for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but Maybe there's something day. about a. I can you imagine sign guy Donnie Crookshank calling in? We wouldn't be able to get a word in. 
He's got those pipes, man. I just have to fade the volume down after <laughs> the two-minute rant. Right? Uh, I like this. Yeah. T-Will, Collins would be the worst idea. This chat is full of clowns. Absolute clowns. T-Will. Not like scary clowns like Lucha's Purify in that clown mask. That's a scary clown. Like, I, I'm glad my daughter wasn't watching because she was watching the beginning of the game. I'd give her nightmares, Lucha's. Hopefully he heals up fast, Lucha's Purifoy. Yeah. Um any other uh any other thoughts on the game tonight? No, dude, it was just it was a roller being down twenty two nothing and to the Elks and thinking that Zach Kolaris had another concussion. To go from that low point as a fan to seeing the epic comeback, the brown out by Drew Brown. I mean, what a what an amazing roller coaster. What a polarity of emotional states we had as fans tonight. And this is a game we won't soon forget. I mean, I, I thought last game, uh, 50 to 14 over the BC Lions was, was pretty unforgettable. I'm never going to forget this game. I got to pull 38 up 38 points. 38 points. 38 points. Sorry, I had you muted there for a second. 38 points. I have to do one more video highlight. Here is Drew Brown with a little alley oop. Look at the pressure coming. Look at the pressure coming. Yeah. I Whoa. love that play call. And this ball's perfect. Yeah. It was just beautiful, man. And look at Brady just rumble in and just finish. destroy three Elks and finish it to the end zone there. Beauty. Outstanding play. Outstanding play from Drew Brown, Brady Oliveira, the entire Winnipeg offensive unit. Um, and really, you know, we should give a little bit of credit to the Blue Bombers defensive crew as well. They played yep. really, really well and uh, were a big reason why the Bombers came out 38-29 victors tonight. So with that victory, they are 7-2. and two. The BC Lions are home to Calgary on Saturday this week. We'll see how that game shakes out because Calgary is playing a little bit better than they have uh, before, and no doubt Calgary is going to be, um, you know, they're going to they're gonna have that bitter taste in their mouth for the last time they went to BC. That was week one, and they got absolutely manhandled, lion-handled, paw-handled by the Tabbies, mm. or pardon me, by the Leos uh, in that game. Got my cats mixed up there, forgive me. Um, mm -hmm. And I think Calgary has a very good chance uh, of, of winning that game. We'll see if Vernon Adams Jr. Uh, is the starter. I don't think that's confirmed yet, but Winnipeg 7-2, and two, uh, BC 6-2, and two, and hosting uh, the Stampeders. Uh, really looking forward to Friday's game, Saskatchewan at Montreal. That game is going to be awesome. Ottawa at Toronto. Chad Kelly uh, expected to get the start, or I think confirmed to get the start. But Winnipeg now goes to Calgary on Friday. So we will have Bonfire Midweek, as we always do, recapping Week 10, looking ahead to Week 11. You, Zach Schnitzer, and myself will go live at 7.30 on Wednesday. Chris Walby, the legend, will join me for Game Day Winnipeg and our pregame show, as we always do, the day before the game, live at 3 o'clock. So Thursday at 3, after Winnipeg Sports Talk, and then you and I, as we always do, we'll have game day after dark right here on Bonfire Sports following Winnipeg's next game. Every game right here on 
the bonfire. And I sure hope everyone can join us because that's what makes the fire roar. Is everybody gathering around and uh, chiming in before and after the game. Love it, DB. Love it. Looking forward to this week upcoming and uh, I'm looking forward to going eight and two. Yeah. And maybe we'll see some of you. Maybe we'll see some of you Friday night at uh, Shannon's Irish pub. Big shout out to them. Support us by supporting them. And uh, well, Hey, you're tired. Oh sorry, man. I sorry. I, I tried, I tried to I stifle that. I was, I was, you know, screen. when you, one way to get rid of a yawn is you just exhale as hard as you can. It usually works, but uh, yeah. Well, you know why like... you yawn? You yawn because your body's not getting enough oxygen. So just keep no, breathe deep. Breathe yeah. deep. You won't yawn. Okay. I will. I'll take a deep in breath. I thought they still hadn't figured out why people yawn. I thought it wasn't no, proven that because you get more. Really? I thought, well, look it up, man. Why do people look it up. yawn? It's in the book. You ever seen it's Larry the, King it's... drunk saying, look it up. It's in the book. No. If you feel like going down a, a YouTube or a Google rabbit hole tonight, everybody out there, look up Larry <laughs> King drunk. It's in the book. Look it up. It's in the book. Hilarious. Uh, look it up. Okay. Um, this show is going off the rails, buddy. We got to show. No, it it's down. not. Oh, no. No, no. It is not. Uh, looking forward to seeing everybody on Wednesday. We'll get things back on the rails then. Uh, Bombers should return to the practice field on maybe Sunday, probably Monday, uh, ahead of that Friday game. So midweek, thir- uh, Wednesday at 7.30, pregame, Thursday, 3 o'clock, postgame, live, after the game, all of it live here on Bonfire Sports. Thanks for joining us, Schnitzi. Enjoy the lake. Always. Tomorrow, you're at West Talk, buddy. Yeah, buddy. West Talk is paradise for me. Uh, super, super excited to be here for another few days. And uh, I almost jumped in the lake in lieu of a Schnitzer stair climb because I was so excited by that <laughs> Kenny Lawler one-handed catch. But if I would have jumped in the lake, I would have missed the rest of the game. So uh, I decided to stay nice and dry. But uh, filthy, filthy catch. Oh, my Disgusting. God. Disgusting. Brutal. Love it. Uh, Live chat was lit tonight. Thank you, everybody, for joining us live. Thank you for joining us. If you're not watching live, we appreciate you a lot. Uh, And as always, Zach will sign you out. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bombers win 38-29 in a huge comeback in what Zach calls the brownout. Have a great one, everybody. Sayonara, my friends.